Hello and welcome. Wherever you are in the world today, thank you for joining us for the Rise Traveler, unpacking conversations of sustainable travel. We are here to talk to eco-minded and socially conscious travelers, diversity and inclusion specialists, wildlife conservationists, environmental activists, and anyone using travel as a way to uplift and inspire. Together, we will go a step beyond the Instagram-ready world of travel and take a look at how travel can be a source of growth and development for all people in all communities. This podcast is an extension of the Rise Travel Institute, a 501c3 nonprofit committed to empowering young travelers through educational programs, research, study tours, and scholarships. Visit risetravelinstitute.org to learn more. And now, here's your host, Amy Hager. And today I'm super excited to have Mira Shaw, who actually took our flagship program while she was on assignment for a job in Kenya. And we're going to really dive into kind of her story about her experience with the flagship program. But also we've just had this really great conversation about how sustainable travel is something meaningful, different to all of us and our motivations and aspirations are very different. So Mira, thanks for jumping on today with me. Thanks, Amy. Great to meet you and connect through this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, okay. You were at a job and you were in Kenya while you actually took the flagship program. But what I found really interesting is you had, before you went to Kenya, you were working remotely in Colombia. And what you had shared with me was you really just want a better understanding of what sustainable travel is to you as an individual traveler. And I think where we both also feel a common ground is we're defining what it is for ourselves, but we're still learning and trying to figure that out. So how did taking the flagship program kind of help you on that journey? Yeah, um, no, that's a great question. So I think like, I don't know, I've had so many travel experiences in my past across so many different places, just I've always been driven by curiosity. So and just exploring cultures, learning about the world. Um, And I just for after like, I don't know, seven or six years of just like living in different places and traveling around, I was like, there's been definitely a few experiences I felt stood out. And it was always the experiences where I was having really authentic connections with people in different places. It was always about the people more than the place in a way. And um, I just through my time in Colombia specifically, that was after COVID. It was the first travel experience I'd had after like, you know, two years. Um, So I came in with a very different outlook, having that slow pace and COVID and just like, I don't know, doing a lot of personal reflection. So I came into the Colombia experience Hmm. really intentional with just, I was just super slow and like just exploring the place. I went to so many remote places by myself while I was there. And I don't know, it just all came together. I got really excited about sustainable authentic travel and I was like this is an industry I really want to tap into and understand better and yeah so really just during my time in Colombia that led to that introspection but I mean I've had so many travel experiences in my past that have gotten me to this place of wanting to improve my understanding of sustainable travel and be just mm-hmm. a more um, intentional traveler who thinks from an anti-oppression lens which is what rise really focuses on so that was what excited me the most and so then um tell me a little bit about your background and the work you do in this world yeah so I guess um my career path has been a little bit all over the place not gonna lie it's kind of 
you know, woven, woven together a lot of different interests um, across social impact, cultural immersion, and also just interweaved responsible travel in there, you know. Um, yeah. So I started my career actually working in international development in India and Nepal for a small social enterprise focused on empowering women in slum communities and rural urban villages um, by providing them platforms for entrepreneurship and business skills training. Okay. Um, primarily involved managing operational and strategic projects to you know support their expansion um, and beyond everything from developing you know impact measurement frameworks to transitioning marginalized women to using digital technologies um, and I also led like a lot of international fellowship programs where we brought in fellows from different parts of the world oh, wow. to run some of these programs and lead some of these initiatives so nice. that's started. pretty interesting and yeah. so then, um, what are you up to right now that you're super excited about? Um, so I guess I'm currently in a transition uh, period in my career. Um, so exploring a bunch of different opportunities. Um, I am currently seeking opportunities in actually healthcare to because that's an area of interest of mine. But also yeah. on the side, um, really thinking about potentially how to start planting seeds to build a future sustainable tourism business, um, mm -hmm. still defining kind of what shape that'll take, but just actively taking courses and engaging in different projects like Rise, for example. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> on their experiential journey as well in Feb. Okay. Um, and then also taking another destination management course with GW. And okay. I just joined Fora. I don't know if you know them, but they mm -hmm. are basically um, just one of the platforms for travel agents. Um, so yeah. just just try to deepen my knowledge of, of travel in the industry better. Well, share with me any moments in your travel, because you did mention that you've traveled quite a bit, and obviously you've lived in different countries and such. So um, are there moments in your travels that have created that positive impact on the area that you visited, whether it was intentional or even now as you reflect, it was a positive impact? Yeah, I'm not like, I, it's still hard to define what a positive impact is. I know I've had experiences that feel authentic and connective that have shaped me positively. And I personally feel like I haven't left a negative mark on a location. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll speak to obviously my time at my last company working with the women entrepreneurs. That's one. But um, while I was in India, I also did a lot of my own traveling solo. Mm -hmm. um, so one really cool experience I had was when I solo traveled up to Northeast India, this small state called Sikkim. Okay. Um, and during my travels there, I actually, um, beyond just like the typical tourist spots, I came across a super untouched, like pristine part called Zongu, which is actually a territory reserved for local communities. And you basically require a permit to access Zongu. So you can't just go there oh. um, without you. And that permit can only be secured through booking a local homestay there. And the okay. only way to see it or stay there is through homestays. So that was a really cool experience um, for me. And I don't know, it provided an opportunity to kind of immerse myself organically in a place um, without feeling like I was causing disruption or pulling people away from their daily lives. Um, and I just spent most of my time there really just connecting with the family who ran the homestay, sitting mm -hmm. by the fire, enjoying meals with them. They would maybe take me out on, you know, organic adventures around the neighboring villages. It was not like no formalized tour packages or anything. Um, and I think that experience really, really shaped me um, positively. 
while I was kind of an outsider, it was still really cool to see that it was like the homestay was a mandatory experience. And yeah. it just felt like I was respecting the community's dignity, dignity and, and agency. Yeah. Had you done um, a homestay experience prior to that? I had had a few, like when I was traveling in like Indonesia, um, mm-hmm. specifically through Bali, but Bali is like, as we all know, a very trafficked part of the world. I'm sure this has been covered on other podcasts. Um, and so it felt like those homestay experiences, while authentic to some degree, I still felt like they were really tailoring, you know, their services and what they were doing to like meet, you know, the demand of what tourists wanted. Yeah. Um it just, it felt more like it wasn't like it was their home, but I felt like they had to commercialize it a bit more. Mm-hmm. Whereas this experience it, felt super like I was like in the mountains up in the middle of nowhere, just with a family yeah. and maybe other people who were trying to travel similar to, to, or who had a traveler style similar to mine, because other people at the homestay too were really cool, very different types of travelers I got to meet on, on yeah. that experience. You had mentioned a little bit earlier that um, slow travel is kind of something that you've enjoyed experiencing. What's your, how do you define that? I almost feel like it's like going somewhere and doing what I do in my daily life, but in a Mm -hmm. different place, like meaning like wandering. Sometimes in my daily life, I just want to sit and nap and I don't want to like go out and do thousands of things. And I, I feel like when I travel too, it's not like the first or three or four days in a place, I kind of just want to just understand my neighborhood, walk around yeah. a bit, explore the cafes, get to know the place before I'm like, what offerings do you have? What are, what, where can yeah. I adventure to? You know, it's like, I really just, I want to get to know, you know, my local coffee shop. I love coffee or yeah. if it's a city, obviously not in the middle of the mountains, but or whatever that looks like, right? So that to me is like slow travel, really not having like this set agenda going in and having a set expectation of what you're going to get out of a place, but really just just going there going and to live and, and be your daily life. Um, yeah. As long as your daily life is also, you know, sustainable. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Um, the way I live, but the way I live my day to day is also in line with the values I kind of bring to travel, you know, so. Right. So was there anyone that you've met either during that trip or any of the other travels that has really impacted you in a way that you could never imagine before you had met them? I mean, yeah, I'll speak to my time because I also did, you know, in my past, I've gone on several, I've had several experiences. So I did a working holiday visa actually in Australia right after college where I just basically got this visa and decided I'm gonna backpack around Australia and make money through barista-ing, waitressing, etc. Okay, yeah. Um, and so, but I also kind of, at the time, still was really driven by sustainability. So I was like, you know what, I want to learn how other countries, like, just learn about sustainable initiatives in other countries. So okay. um, when I, like, I think when I got to Australia, um, obviously, I started my experience doing the work away, um, which was really cool. And then um, when I got to the city of Sydney, I was kind of in a backpacker's hostel, just like thinking like, hmm, this is fun, but it's not like, I'm not feeling very purpose-driven right now. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I was like, "Hmm, I do want to work at a cafe to make money, but I also want to learn, I I don't know, I was like, I was feeling a bit lost, but I found this cool Airbnb experience where it was about like 
it was it was basically the only off-grid home in an inner city um hmm. that you could tour um yeah. so I basically decided to just like tour this guy's home and um I ended up being the only person on this tour the guy's name is Michael Mo- Michael Mobs he's relatively famous I guess in um Australia for like his off-grid home and a lot of other sustainability work he does okay um, but because I was the only one on this tour I really got to connect with with him and just like yeah. I got to ask all the ty- different types of questions I wanted to ask I told him how I was like I came on this working holiday visa really like just wanting to explore but now I'm kind of driven a little bit more of like wanting more purposeful work um and he just ended up being this like really cool mentor for me during the rest of my time in Australia because this is the start of my experience and um I I asked him sort of what can I do to feel like I'm you know involved in something purpose driven and yeah. he actually connected me to the company I ended up working for in India and Nepal. Oh, wow. So like, through him, through this one tour, the spontaneous tour I decided to yeah. take, I got to learn about like internet, like I got an opportunity to work in international development, doing something that I felt at the time was ex- very purposeful for me. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it just oh. made, made me realize how random encounters and connections, while they might feel random, really do at some t- point add up to something it's very yep. like everybody mm-hmm. brings some meaning into your life in some way and I just this was a really cool I don't know spontaneous it, it really led to the my organic career path and my yeah. passion for sustain I think my that had, probably was the start in some ways um, yeah well and I'm curious how you seem to go in with curiosity and with question how do you ask questions and try not to offend or maybe say any say something inappropriate? Like, how do you approach that? Because you you are a questioner, I can tell. <laughs> um, that's really hard. Uh, how do I? You're saying how do I kind of go in and and ensure and ask that the I'm hard questions? Like, yeah, I don't know if I'm. I guess now I'm way more conscious maybe than I was when I first started traveling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I really, appro- I don't really overthink, I guess, in terms of like political correctness or this. I kind of, I kind of make sure I'm thinking of my time in Kenya now when I was in like a random, um, went on a safari and was asking actually the Maasai communities who were working at the lodge, like, about their experience working at the lodge and how they feel about the fact that you know a lot of the safari experiences have actually um you know like impacted their land right. so um I, I think it was it's more just like doing my due diligence to actually understand like historical context of like where I am like understand the people I'm speaking with like by researching them or yeah. like, like reading about it and whatnot, um, talking to other people in the communities as well. Like I, I don't know if I'm. Yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. I think it's just more like think making sure I gain context prior to entering spaces is like right. the short answer. Well, and it seems like you're pretty intentional as well. So you want to make sure you have a at least a baseline yeah. understanding before you enter an interaction, it seems like. Yeah, it kind of happens organically, I'd say. I think yeah. also I think people, it's an energy you give off, right? Like people understand when you're 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 coming from a place of curiosity and intention and not a place of like judgment. Know, judgment or yeah. anger or whatever that looks like. Um Yeah. 
Well, so then um, I am kind of with all of the travel experiences that you have had. And one thing we do talk a lot about with our flagship program and at Rise is, again, that reflection and realizing that we're never going to we're never going to be batting 100. It's never going to be 100 percent perfect. Have there have there been times in your travel that maybe you've made that less positive decision? And what did you learn from that? Um, there have been several, um, I actually had to write notes on these cause I, I was like, there's so many instances where I was like, this doesn't feel right. Why doesn't it feel right? And re- like yeah. reflections, um, I think from an, ex- so I think there's, it's twofold. Like obviously with, um, there's been instances where, you know, from I've stayed in potentially exploitative Airbnbs to mm. you know, partying though, not super excessively. Cause I'm not at by any means a partier, but like partying yeah. in Bali but I think um, reflecting on my experiences, I think I'll speak to like two things. One is like when I visited an elephant sanctuary in Thailand. Uh-huh. Um, so basically I, during that time as well, I learned sort of like post going to the sanctuary, the historical context of these sanctuaries okay. and then rise obviously further enhanced that knowledge. Um, right. But I realized the sanctuary I chose to go to in Thailand um, while there are several ethical ones, this one didn't feel ethical, um, basically because it seemed quite performative at the elephant's expense. Um, there were like various instances where we, you know, forced elephants to do things against their wills, like walk up hills and mountains with us, get bathed, fed. Yeah. Um, I generally, with animal tourism, I generally question even, and now with more intention, you know, experiences that involve feeding, touching animals, forcing them to do things they aren't inclined to do. Yeah. And, one thing I noticed a lot in these sanctuaries is like the owner is consistently touting how, um, you know, there are issues with riding elephants because that's a forceful practice and all that. But I felt like our interactions with the elephants still very much felt coercive, even if it wasn't riding Mm. them. Okay. Um, Yeah. So I think that was one. Um, And another where others were like volunteerism trips I took in college that I can speak to later, but I, yeah. yeah, Well, And again, I think as we live this life and have more experiences, it's those experiences that really make us more aware of the intentions that we want to bring to an area that we're traveling to or to an interaction that we're having. And so um, knowing what you know now, what would you say to yourself, young traveler 10 years ago, even um, that you wish you would have known 10 years ago? I don't know. I'd say many things. I'd probably say like, don't jump on opportunities to engage in excursions without understanding, like without doing your due diligence, your research. Um, That's a big one. Um, Think about where you're staying. Like, where are you actually located in this, in the, in the city you're in? Or who are you seeing regularly? Is it are you seeing local communities or are you seeing predominantly, you know, travelers from different um, parts of the world? Um, And I guess like, which I think at the time I told myself this anyway, it was like, don't go on those random party bar hopping. (laughs) I was like, I did that when I traveled like twice and was like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Um, so those are key, like some, some main, uh, pieces of advice I'd give myself. Yeah. I like that. So then looking in, we talked about your past self, well, looking into your crystal ball, what, or how do you see 
the future of the travel industry tomorrow, and especially knowing kind of you're going down this path of maybe exploring being in business and sustainable travel. So what do you think about it for tomorrow? Yeah, well, I kind of hope, um, and this is what a lot of my uh, Rise essay was on, I hope really like consumer consciousness shifts Mm. to pave way to more I guess, authentic, collaborative, connective experiences, because I really think as consumers, we are the ones who can actually shift the mindset and whatever we kind of want out of experiences, that's what tourist tour packages are going to offer. So my real goal is to kind of shift, like, especially socially minded younger travelers. I mean, there's already this growing demand for more meaningful experiences abroad and not just abroad, but in their day-to-day lives, right? There's a big sustainability focus, a big like focus on investing in experience over material goods. And so how can we as travelers and uh, tourism professionals, um, you know, leverage that, right? Um, So really, I guess the goal for me is to like, somehow shift mindsets Mm -hmm. um and I want to see that happen on a larger scale into the future um through yeah uh tour packages and and whatnot yeah so then um and knowing that it's gonna have to be consumer driven I think is really really the key and um I'm curious how this will tie to your last answer but what legacy do you want to leave behind in this world that is a hard one. So I know it's a big guess, question. <laughs> um, I I'm gonna say this more broad, philosophical, whatever that looks like, but um yeah. I kind of want to open people's minds and hearts to engage more fully with fully with the richness of life mm-hmm. and you know, cultivate their sense of curiosity and intrigue for the living world. Um I don't know when we like kind of feel or when we truly see, feel and understand the interconnection of all things in the world. I think it dissolves all these like limiting beliefs we might have about ourselves as well. And that's what kind of why I'm so obsessed with traveling, because that is something that it has really supported me in is like, you know, I had all these limiting beliefs about, you know, how I need to live my life, what I need to do for work. um, And yeah, if I can somehow in some way, like shape the way people think about these systems and structures that were potentially constrained by and open their minds to something beyond that, that would be like, you know, the legacy I'd like to, to leave. That's a good legacy to leave behind. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been really great to learn more about your journey and your experience with the RISE flagship program. And we're excited to hear what you end up tackling next. Yeah, thanks, Amy. Really enjoyed chatting with you as well about all of it. Love it. Well, that brings us to the end of our journey today. And if you liked what you've heard and you want to hear more, please subscribe, like, and comment. You can follow us at Rise Travel Institute on Facebook and Instagram. And just remember here at Rise Travel We really believe travel is a powerful tool for positive transformative change. And if you're a college student, maybe planning to study abroad or a professional thinking about the gap year or a sabbatical or even remote work, or really anyone who's currently traveling the world and wants to understand how to travel in a sustainable way, we do encourage you to head over to risetravelinstitute.org 
to learn more information on our educational courses. And we'll be back soon with another episode. But until then, keep roaming, keep learning, and continue to be a RISE traveler. Bye-bye. This podcast is an extension of the RISE Travel Institute, a 501c3 nonprofit committed to empowering young travelers through educational programs, research, study tours, and scholarships. Visit risetravelinstitute.org to learn more.